in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't roll it. Hit it downhill. With power, you run it straight downhill. You know where we're coming, and we know where y'all going to be lined up at. Now you just got to stop. I'm saying I'm better than you. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Peace mode is already inside of The doctor is now in. to have you with us. It is a thunderous Thursday edition. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I gotta say, brother. Oh yeah. Do you know what I saw the other night? Here we go. <laughs> what did you see the other night? So the, what do they call it? The WWE Legends thing the, is back? Yeah, on Annie. Annie, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I saw the NWO one. The NWO one's amazing. It was great. It was great. It was good. I don't know what made me think about that today. Because you just did Macho. Oh, I did and Macho. And Macho is in NWO. Yeah, he was. Exactly. Yeah, the way that whole thing went down, uh, WCW, Hulk Hogan going, yeah, I, I, I advise. You know, go check it out, especially if you're a wrestling head from back in the day. Uh, enjoy that. There you go. All right. Talked to our good friend RVD uh, the other day as well, too. So that was, that was good talking with him. RVD is going to be... He's heading... To uh, my hometown, well, close to it. I mean, he's going to Stockton this weekend, and you know who's very, very excited about that? Philip from Galt. Philip from Galt. Now, you probably don't know your geography, Numchuck, but Stockton is like the the dirty next-door neighbor of Galt. Is it like the Hendo? Mm, nowhere near. Well, no, not, <laughs> near as nice no, as not, not dirty-wise, no. but like... No, Air, proximity, like size-wise? Yeah. Or? Yeah, well, okay. So you have Sacramento, yeah. okay? Then you've got Stockton, which is about 38 minutes from Sacramento, okay? But that is the poor sister, okay? Stockton is the poor sister of Sacramento. Gotcha. Remember that. Then in between Sacramento and Stockton, you have the metropolis of Galt. And I'm making a joke because it's really not a metropolis. It's a very, very small city. You know he's probably listening and thinking... Yeah. Philip and Galt. Oh, he could be. He could be. Yeah. And he's like, you're dissing my town. Well, he, he knows it. That's why he's Philip from Galt. Uh, you know, but uh, great A&W back in the day. I mean, we used to play, you know, when I was playing baseball, basketball, uh, our high school, they were in our same conference back in the day. So we would make sure we always stopped by that A&W with the frosty mug root beer. That's right. Remember, get that root beer, not out of a cup. Don't let him put ice to go in it. Remember, you have to have it in the mug. We've talked about this before. The icy, frosty mug. That's what you need to have. All right. It's the only way to have it. Exactly. Anyway, so RVD will be doing a signing uh, down in Stockton this weekend. It's some Comic Con, something like that. So Phil from Galt's very excited. So I promised that I'd reach out to RVD, let him know. And uh, RVD's uh, comment was pretty cool. He says, yeah, uh, tell Philip uh, maybe I'll turn the tables on him. And I'll ask him a question or two. I love it. Yeah. And I said that to Philip. Of course, he's jumping up and down. He's a kid in the candy store now. Philip needs to record that and send that to you. And yeah. We can play that on air. <laughs> okay. That's right. I want to yeah. I I hear what Rob's yeah, question that's is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually people are giving Philip shout outs. He's you know, asking for shout outs. So I told Philip, I want a shout out now. Okay. With that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that materializes. And uh, here's another thing that uh, our good friend Sabu was actually in Sacramento a few weeks back uh, doing a signing. So there you go. And did he see Philip and Galt? He did. Oh, nice. He did. And Philip, you know, gave him the, you know, the, the shout out and, you know, said, Hey, 
you know, TC's my friend and blah, blah, blah. And, and I said, well, what would Sabu say about that? And he goes, oh, he was all pumped up. So there you go. So RVD and Sabu uh, in my old neck of the woods. What do you think of that? So, gotta love it. Yeah, you gotta love it. But anyway, yeah. Um, wrestling. Uh, again, we have uh, the tickets uh, to give away for Impact, which are coming up uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, at Samstown Live. Okay, so get out there and see that. I know we gave away a, a bunch of tickets the last couple days, so uh, go head on with that. And uh, yeah, so back to the the A and E. That's a weekly series now, right? It's gonna yes. Okay, yeah. weekly or biweekly or, or every Come, other week. Oh, make up your mind. What is it? I think it's I, mean, I think it's every other week. Okay, all right. Those things maybe are, it is every. Those week. things are very good. Those things are very good. So we got got to give uh, the WWE credit uh, for that, and especially when all that really kind of transpired as part of the WCW. You know, back in the day, I mean, Vince and that whole group, they would not even do this nowadays. You know what I'm saying? If it was against their rival, because that point in time, they're, they're rivals. But you got to remember, this was all in my heyday, too. I mean, this was all mid-90s, mid-90s. So I was very involved with uh, a lot of those guys uh, during that time. And I remember, you know, when I was getting guys to come work for me out of the WWE, uh, a lot of those guys were free agents at that point in time. And then, you know, Turner and WCW, they were failing miserably. I mean, if you're old enough to remember that, they're failing miserably. I mean, they couldn't draw anybody. Um, and then, um, you know, Hogan came over and then, you know, they all came over. I mean, you mean Gene Okerlund, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, from the production side, the announcing side, and people just left Vince. You know, what I think is, is funny about that, if you're watching this now, you're going like, oh, that's right. Those guys went over there, but. They all ended up going back to WWF at the time, slash E, now, right? So these guys all went back. Yeah, that's the funny thing uh, about wrestling. So anyway, all right, today on the show, uh, a lot to cover. We are going to talk to our good friend, Tim Neverett. Uh, Tim Neverett doing college basketball with uh, Fox Sports. He is actually in Salt Lake City tonight. Uh, huge game there uh, tonight in the Pac-12. UCLA, number four in the country. And they are talk, taking on the Utah Utes in Salt Lake City. So Tim's going to uh, join us. You know who else is there? My good friend Tracy Murray, who does the color commentary for the UCLA Bruins radio network. So I got my two guys are there, uh, one doing TV, one doing radio, uh, there for tonight's game at eight o'clock. That one is on FS1. So we'll talk to Tim Neverett regarding that college basketball. Tim's done a lot of the Pac 12 and Mountain West conference games. He's been doing the television for that. And we're going to talk to him about that. He was here a couple of weeks ago when UNLV played Fresno State uh, as well. Uh, that was the game where Fresno State uh, beat UNLV. Kind of started the slide for the Rebels. So we'll talk to him about that. And, of course, he is uh, one of the many voices with Dodgers baseball. So that is uh, getting ready to happen. As we know, spring training is happening in Florida right now. So, uh, yeah, Florida and Arizona. So we'll talk to Tim uh, regarding all of the above with that. Scott Spritzer joins us today, too. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on tonight's college basketball card, handicap some winners with that, couple really good games on tap uh, tonight as well, too. So we'll talk to Scott regarding that and get his XFL thoughts because I think he jumped in the fray last weekend betting on the XFL. So, yeah, we got a lot of that hit on. And um, Trevor Manich is going to join us today as well, too. That was so somber. You were like, and well, Trevor Manich. I'm going to tell you why, because... Where I'm going with Trevor Maddich uh, was 
I didn't know whether I should promote this or just kind of do a surprise thing with that. See, now I've kind of kind of blown it now. No, no, no. You haven't. You just leave it where it is until leave, he comes on. Just leave where it is. Leave it where it is. Okay. All right. I don't have to explain myself. Just don't explain yourself. All right. So, and just before you even send me a text message saying, hey, what channel is this? On Cox, it's 329. It's FS1. <laughs> Okay. 321? Yeah. See, all I know is direct TV, my friend. I know you and, do. And uh, that's 219 yep. on direct TV. So, okay, you're referencing last night. Last right? night's text. Okay. So, uh, I might as well tell you the story. That's now, a right? great story. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I could tell what was going on. I was like, oh, I love it. Do you know where I was at last night? You, I'm going to guess. Oh, well, I'm not going to guess, but yeah. You do? Do you? You were at some sort of Mexican restaurant. How did you know that? Very good. Because it's National Margarita Day. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, I did not partake in the margarita part of it. All right. Okay. I did, I did not take take part in that. Um, but I was interested uh, in a Mexican meal last night because I was really feeling I wanted some soup. You know, I'm a big albondigas soup guy. Love yep. my albondigas. You and the you and the big seven footer. <sighs> yes. Well, I turned him on to the albondigas. I'm taking full credit for this. Take right? full credit. He for had it. no idea what albond. Most people. I got to say this. You know what? I should be the spokesperson for all albondigas soups because most people don't know what albondigas is, and I spend so much time in my life of detailing and explaining what albondigas soup is. Most people go, what? What's that? And then if you're a true Mexican, um, you know, food fan or you're from Mexican descent, then you know what albondigas is. So my pet peeve is that not a lot of the Mexican restaurants have the albondigas soup, which they should. And you want to tell me why they don't? I don't know. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, it's, and I've heard this argument from one establishment. Well, it's kind of expensive to make. I was going to say it's, it might be cost. Okay. Uh, here's the here's the deal. Now, the traditional albondigas soup. Do we have some uh, albondigas soup music here? I think we need some albondigas soup, soup mu music. Yeah. I'm going to type that in yeah. and see what I get. <laughs> I don't think you get anything in there. All right. But anyway, um, it is the traditional Mexican meatball soup, okay, with vegetables now, the albonigas I like, because there's a couple different versions. You get the carrots in there. Got you. All right. You could do the potatoes, but I'm not a big fan of the potatoes. I've even some seen some people put the noodles in there as well. Okay. I like the zucchini. You think... Is that the green? Wait, is zucchini green? Zucchini oh, squash is, is yellow, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Green and gold, Packers, squash, zucchini. Okay, I got that. Okay, thank you. Well, sometimes I get my vegetables mixed up. Because remember, okay. I'm still, you know, I was an anti-vegetable guy many, many years ago. So I'm still getting my vegetable vocabulary in order. All right, so yeah. So you get a little of the, what's the green stuff I said? Zucchini. Zucchini, yeah. Zucchini. You get a little bit of that, okay? But here is the key ingredient to it all, my friend. Okra. Got the okra in there. Get a little okra in there. And then you get the Mexican spices. And it's more of a, you know, reddish type of, of uh, base. All right. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a base. Broth. 
Thank broth. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. So you got the meatballs in there. Now, you don't want to be like some establishments and go heavy on the meatballs because then you're like me and, be, and you draw attention because you're taking your spoon because they don't give you a knife and you're chopping up the meatballs and, and, you're, just, and you're just making this noise like this and people are looking at you like because you can't move, maneuver the meatballs around. And those people that like the Albana guys know what I'm talking about. You know, all you got to yeah. do is basically like peel it away. Peel? Peel. Like, I got a round soup spoon, my friend, yeah, okay? You take the spoon and just kind of go. Well, I, like, I I do the chop, 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 chop. Like I pretend it's a knife, okay? And yeah, I know. Now I've tried the knife too, but in a round bowl, the knife, then I start splattering that all over my shirt. Not a good look. So, and plus, I, I waste a lot of it that way. Next week, yeah. when we have Grill and McMillan on, yeah. I want to ask him about your soup etiquette. Soup your, etiquette. Your, your soup. Yeah. Eat digging out with a spoon and see what he says. You think he knows anything about etiquette? I mean, he's a barbecue guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he does. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Shout out to Mark McMillan, my guy. Uh, watch him tonight on Next Level Chef. Yes. Gordon Ramsay. Uh, will he still be alive? That's what I want to know. I'm hoping he'll still be alive. Well, he'll be alive, but you know what I'm saying. Will he survive the next? I like that show. You know, I'm only watching it because of him, but I like it, and I kind of like the concept. And I don't know if you know the concept, but I, yeah. you got three levels. You got you know, the top level with a pristine kitchen, all right, and you've got <laughs> uh, the middle level, which you, you know, you got, you know, and then you got the bottom level, which is like the basement. And they got like old burners and not enough, you know, stoves and that kind of stuff. It's kind of a cool concept. So the idea is to get up to the top level where you get the pristine stuff. And when the food comes and they say, okay, like last week, we're making a Mexican dish. Because so then the, the lever starts at the top. You got 30 seconds to pull out all your stuff. And Mark pulled out like some turkey. So they're doing Mexican dishes. Like, so he did like turkey tacos. I'm going like, why don't you grab some meat, man? What, what turkey? Grab you, turkey? I don't, I don't think they know what they're not, going for until afterwards. No, no, no. Right? They say you, they tell you. So they, oh, you know, they yeah, gather everybody okay. around. Yeah. And they say, okay, tonight you're going to bring the heat, you know, Mexican dish, you know, any Mexican dish. But the key is here's what we're looking for. Bring the heat. So they want something spicy, right? So then. So he was at the top level, and he's getting a chance to to pick and choose. I mean, you got filet, you got you know New York, you got you know shredded beef. You do whatever you got, you know. And he picks turkey, but okay, it worked out for him. First two rounds, Mark has survived. Uh, he hasn't cooked his best. Remember last week, he set the kitchen on fire, and uh, and the- he went to set his plate, being you know five six that he is on a good day. Uh, he couldn't reach because the thing the lever was moving down (laughs) up or down whatever oh it was crazy but anyway he's he's still alive in the in the competition so anyway yeah it's on tonight so i'm curious and that's the only reason i'm watching it to see how he does so i had a friend that was in season one okay and he left the first episode oh really and i was done yes because i was like no, the reason I was watching it was for the guy. So people are going to say, well, why is Mark McMillan, former NFL uh, football player and regular guest of our, why is he on the show? Well, it's because he's, you know, he's a big into barbecue. He's really made a great brand for himself. He's a very good cook. We love talking food. Uh, he's got his own barbecue sauce. We promoted that on the show b- before. Get that like in Ace Hardware's and other places like that. But um, what's cool about this, you have some professional chefs. You have home chefs. And then you've got like these social media chefs. And so it's kind of cool that you're, you know, it's giving these other, you know, people that are not professional chefs a shot, you know, at a residency. It 
one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. So it really is a a cool concept. Yeah. So I I, I like it. I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story before. I might have. Speaking of Gordon Ramsay, so remember when Gordon Ramsay did the show of um, it was I'm not sure what the name of it was. Hell's Kitchen. Well, it was the Hell's Kitchen where you go on the road and you turn you turn a restaurant that's that's dying and you got like 40, 40 It was like forty eight hours back to hell or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It was something like that. Forty eight hours where he goes in, turns the restaurant upside down. It's horrible. He starts going off on the on the owner and saying, "Why are you doing this and that?" But you know, owner calls him up and says, "Hey, can you kind of save my restaurant?" And then obviously he, you know donates all kinds of brand new equipment. Kitchen, kitchen nightmares? No, 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 no. Gordon Oh, Ramsey. Gordon Ramsay's 24 hours to hell and back. There it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so if you're on it there, so my friend, okay, his um, husband and wife tandem, okay, had a place in Sacramento. And I used to go there all the time, and they did a lot of catering for my concerts and my shows and that kind of stuff, right? And it was Sandra D's. And Sandra D's was an old world barbecue place in downtown Sacramento. Well, put it nicely, Sandra didn't really take a good care of the place. Uh, Jeff, her husband, great guy. So then she contacted, uh, Gordon Ramsay and says, Hey, I, you know, can you come and save my restaurant? This and that. Bottom line is she wanted the airtime. She did it because she wanted to be on TV and this and that. Gordon Ramsay came in there and ripped this place to smithereens. They went back there and he go, they were, you know, this was a barbecue house and they were using like a lot of canned stuff and it just wasn't good. And, you know, so they had infighting. It was like a family run place and the daughter and the niece were arguing with each other and other people were arguing this and Ramsey came in just like, you know, this, we got to blow this place up. And so Sandra, the owner, she was. So defiant. She did not want to change her recipes. She did not want to, to change and fear that she was going to get a different type of crowd, uh, in her restaurant. And Ramsey said, why, why am I even here? So my friend Jeff, her husband, right? You know what Jeff did? I'm out. He says, I'm not going on the camera. I'm not. He goes, this is your thing. You wanted this. He goes, this is only going to bring us a lot of negative publicity. <laughs> and it did. Um, and then what happened? Because so, I have it. So what happened? Okay. So what happened is, so Ramsey goes in there and in cuts, you know, turns it all upside down, this and that, brings in the new equipment, has a new menu, all this stuff, right? And then you know, at the end of the show, right, they say, "Let's go three months later," right? Sometimes it's three months, six months later. They come back. Sandra got rid of everything. She went back to her old recipes, this and that, and then Ramsey just couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, yeah. So, uh, then they end up selling the place later. I was going to say, Come what on. happened in July of 2019? Sold. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Closed down, sold. Yeah. So if you're looking to watch that show, it's season one, episode eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was right in the thick of that and, uh, knowing exactly what was going on. I'm going, all right, man. Hey, I haven't seen you on TV. What's going on? I, I, I see your wife. What's up with that, man? And he starts telling me, like, I'm out. I want no part of that. Yeah. But, uh, man, Jeff's great caterer, uh, barbecue. Yeah. They closed down. So anyway, uh, so I do enjoy those shows. There's some good ones. Yeah. Did you ever watch Restaurant Impossible? I did. That was a great show. Was that Robert Irvine or was Robert that? Irvine? Yeah. 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 And then who was the guy from New York City? He was like the bar, the, the restaurant bar guy. Turned Tapper? The bars 
Is that what you know? John? Are you talking about Bar Rescue? Yeah, bar. John Taffy. See, John another, Taffer. That was another good one. He's from here. He's, he's from here too, right? Right. Yeah. Why don't you get him on the show? Because I've dealt with him, and I don't. What? I've dealt with him, and I'll well, tell you. Gordon Ramsay's here now too. Why don't you get him on the show? Why don't you produce? I'll tell you the story about <laughs> Taffer later. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Anyway, so pretty funny here. I had no idea we we're going to be going this direction, but opening segment. That's, Neither did I. <laughs> that's quite all right, though. That's quite all right. Where, where was I going with this? Anyway. So yeah, uh, you asked me about Mark McMillan, right? So yeah, he's, yeah, he's. No, I told yeah about the soup, the soup. Okay. H- him. Oh, can I get back to my my go my, back my, to your my soup. Albonica go story. back to your or you, or you don't story. want to hear about it? Anymore. No, I really want to hear this. I can't remember where I left. What was the purpose of it? You were talking about just having the soup. Oh, oh yeah, last night. Yeah, the channels, the channels. Jeez, just how things get sidetracked on this show. Hey, God, Squirrel, you gotta love it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, last night I was in the soup mood, okay? And yes, my Albondaga soup. And shout out for those that have been around here forever, okay? Shout out to the old. I say old because they're no longer here anymore. Willie and Jose's inside Samstown. That was the best Albondaga soup. But I think that I found a very close second because Willie and Jose's closed about four years ago, much to my dismay. Anyway, um, there's a couple places that, that do Albonigas pretty good. But other places won't do it. A little too expensive, all right? Anyway, but watch out for those places that are serving canned beef from oh, Brazil. You're killing me with that because you know I want to go there so bad. Anyway, so, yeah, they don't serve Albonigas. Forget that. All right, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So I love my Albonigas soup. So last night I'm in an Albonigas soup. Uh, mood, and I go to one of the establishments I've been going to on a regular basis, right? Now, you normally I make a reservation, but the last few times I've been to this place, I haven't needed a reservation, right? So kind of spur of the moment, I roll out there and, oh, you don't have a reservation tonight, TC? I go, no, I, I don't. I think I need one. Uh, Why, well, you get much of a wait? Hour and a half. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'll, I'll just sit in the bar. Uh, we don't serve food at the bar because I wanted to watch some Wait, basketball last they night. They don't serve food at the bar at this one place. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, uh, wow, what am I gonna do? And I didn't want the. I wasn't doing. Gonna ask for the preferential treatment. Wasn't gonna do it. No, no, no. I said, "Excuse me, you know who the hell I am." I didn't, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that guy in your lawn. I'm not that whatever guy you said before. But who's the, the male version you said of Karen? I, I've I've came up with a new one. Oh. It's Devin. Because De- Devin and Karen sounded like Who was the one you said the other day? Um Who did I say that? I don't Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. So anyway, now I'm in a quandary. I'm not gonna wait an hour and a half. And she goes, Well, I'm sorry, I have other people. I go, No, no, no. I totally get that. No problem. You know, take care of them. I'll just go to option number two, which option number two doesn't have the Albondigas, but I know I can get in and out of there, no problem. And I can watch some basketball. Even though I had to ask him to turn off the Mexican soccer game. <laughs> because I go, it's a replay! Can you put on ESPN? So therefore, the manager comes up to me and says, um, puts on ESPN too. I go, nah, not the game I wanted. I go, ESPN. He comes up to me and he goes, do you know what channel it's on? I go, oh, do you have direct TV? He goes, 
no cocks. And I go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't have cocks. I don't know. So what do I do? Text Nunchuck real quick while he's there. Because they were kind of crowded. What channel is ESPN on Cox? Because I have no idea. And good for you. You gave me the timing real quick. I was and, I was on it. Yeah. yeah. And it was channel what? 30. 30. 30. 30. So I tell him. So he walks away and I go, oh, oh 30. I didn't know how to say 30 in Spanish. I tried to go trace zero. That didn't work too good. I think though. it's trace. Eh? <laughs> I don't but then, Maybe. So I had to do this. Three, zero. Yeah. You know, from a crosser. And he found it. He found the game. So there it is. So that's why I was I was asking the channel. So you need to know that stuff. Okay. But when you go to restaurants and you really want to watch a game, most of the time they have no clue of what channels. Especially if you don't direct TV and speak the lingo. That's why I always encourage all my friends, family, hey, get direct TV so we can speak the same language. Very important. I'm not I don't speak the Cox language. I'm not good with Cox. No. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> so anyway, now you may be a Cox lover. That's you. You know, I, I honestly can't stand them. Really? They go out. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to bag on them. I, I do. I got. I don't think I have anything. But even though the internet does go down quite a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 That happens. All right. So anyway, yeah. So know your channels and get some Alba and God soup. So yeah, I had had my soup, had my tacos. Left. There you go. But tonight, my friend, we're excited tonight. Oh yeah. Play your favorite sound effect when I talk about food with Steve Berline. That's what I'm having tonight. I want a bucket of chicken. That's all you got to say. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk XFL. And yes, don't you dare go anywhere because Aaron Rodgers has come out of the darkness. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Aaron Rodgers emerges from the dark room. Three days and nights at the Sky Cave Retreats in Southern Oregon. Now, the nearest town is Ashland, Oregon, which is about 45 minutes away, 45 minutes from Medford. Middle of nowhere, basically. A little private road surrounded by trees and plenty of nature. Rogers was in a 300-square-foot room, partially underground, devoid of light, had a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat. You have lights that can be turned on from the inside of the room. But remember, this was a darkness retreat where you are suspended in timeless space. And all that remains is a simple and pure desire 
for connection. Because of that, we begin to lean into a profound, intimate, relating state with whatever is present. So here's the process. You check in for a few hours before sunset. There's a one-hour orientation, which you will walk the land, get situated, review the meal plan, and you'll have the remainder of the day to settle into the space. Get orientated and familiar with the cabin and enjoy the surrounding elements, encouraging you to schedule a full day to unplug, slow down, and drop into your rhythm before going into the dark. Yes. The Sky Cave Retreats. This is what Sky Cave Retreat says on their website. We will show you how to do the final blacking out of the bottom of the door so you can enter the dark when you are ready. With the exception going to tend to your material needs once a day from the outside, your room, you will be totally undisturbed in the darkness until the end of your retreat. Included in your dark retreat is two organic meals delivered to you once a day. We bring both these meals around sunset through a double door. There is pure and filtered mountain water on tap. Our dark retreat cottages do an amazing job at both retaining heat and providing insulation, thus moderating temperatures. In the heat of the summer, the space remains moderately cool. And in the cold of the winter, the space never gets very cold, which it is now. The cabin is equipped with a flushing toilet, a sink, and a hot bath. It's time for darkness. Three days, three nights. And yesterday, Aaron Rodgers reappeared! Now my love has gained this fame, yeah. I'm waiting to hear back from the people at the Sky Cave Retreats, because I'm very curious about this. So when I thought about this, I go, who of my friends slash colleagues slash regular guests could really I tap into that can maybe give me some insight that really knows about darkness or knows about, you know, the woods and just being isolated? And who came to mind? None other than Trevor Maddich, of course! The Prince of Darkness! My friend, what is going on? Oh, oh, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I've been in the darkness all day today. I got sunburned, but it's been dark. See, perfect. I mean, this, I did perfect recon here. Did I select the right guy to talk about this subject or what? Well, I, 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 listen, I, I enjoy darkness. I also enjoy a light switch where I can feel over there on the wall and turn it on if I need to, <laughs> which is kind of like what this place is. But I'll tell you what, though, uh, I, I, I can sort of relate to the importance of shutting off mm-hmm. all the stuff that bombards us on a day-to-day basis. So I, I've never done a retreat like this, but I love to get out in a way and into nature and so I, i'm i'm i don't know that i'm perfect but uh, i think that i can relate a little bit well you're the best shot that i got i mean that's it because you know i, I know that you love uh you know the woods around i mean heck you went to school in provo utah i mean that's there's some wilderness you know out there you travel 
of the United States. Uh, I know you've been up to Southern Oregon. You've been up to Pac-12 country up there in the Northwest. I, I get that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So when you first of all that you hear about that Rogers or anybody just wants to go through this, are you thinking, okay, especially it's Aaron Rodgers, is this more of a PR thing or is he like really – you know, trying to find himself, looking for a little more attention, or is he just, you know, that much of a whack job that, uh, you know, he's into this? You know, I think it's the latter more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I think the word whack job uh, would, would maybe we could replace with <laughs> right. a, a very unique individual. Sure. Who, who if we're nice, that's fine. Drum. Yeah. 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 And, but the thing is, <laughs> You know, finding himself, my goodness, I hope he's not finding himself. He's a grown man. You know, I don't hope he's not trying to find himself. But to kind of reset from all the bombardment, I, I get that part of it. I don't know that you need to sit in the dark for three or four days to figure out that you're going to be paid almost $60 million if you play in 2023. And, gee, I need to decide if I really want to do that. Uh, do it for the sake of your great-great-grandchildren. You know, and worry about resetting after that, you know, once you're done. So I don't know that he needed to really decide if he wants to play. I know it's not all about money. He's got all the money he needs. But at the same time, almost $60 million. 59 to be exact. Exactly. You talk about great, great, great. This guy, he's he's not fathering any children. So there's like, probably not going to be any great, great grandchildren. not going to be a child. Uh, well, how about adopt you and I? We'll be we'll be as a top adopted twin sons if he plays this. Year. And look, here's the thing: he puts us in the will. I know exactly where he lives. It's Green Bay. I mean, where he lives you know, during the course of the uh, the season, and he's got a nice place, you know, in San Diego. Uh, he doesn't get up to, to Chico, which isn't you know up Northern California very much, where he was born and raised. But anyway, it's like he's in Green Bay, man. I mean, he's not bombarded. He's not New York City. He's not dealing with all that heavy duty stuff i mean he's he, he doesn't engage with a lot of the stuff so that's why i think a lot of it is just like okay you know what is this okay and again if you're the green bay packers from a football side mark murphy the president of the green bay packers you know what he's doing right now trev he said here's the quote and i'm going to paraphrase we're waiting for aaron to decide what he wants to do you own the rights to him for one more year Okay, he's under contract with you, but what do you need to wait for him to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to come back like he did last year at the 11th hour, or oh, wait for him to say, you know, I don't want to play with you anymore. Trade me, please. Okay, now then they can still say no, or they can say, okay, fine. I mean, have you ever heard of anything like this? This is weird that you're under contract, you're not a free agent, you know, you're still it's the Packers hold all the cards here, but you're waiting for your quarterback to tell you what he wants to do, and you're going to let him go sit in the dark for three days? I mean, come on. Yeah, th this part of it bothers me, TC, because no nobody owns Aaron Rodgers or any football player. They, they own your contract rights, right? but you don't own the man. And so you can't force him to play. And so I, I get that part of it. So Rogers has to do what he feels is best for himself and, and his wife and, and all the rest of it. I, I get that part. But there's more to it than that because football isn't golf. This is a team sport. And the longer he waits, the, the longer his team is in limbo. I mean, Devontae Adams is wearing silver and black right now in part because he got tired of waiting around for Aaron Rodgers to decide what he was going to do last year. He said, look, I got to get my money, and there it is, and, and I'm gone. And that, I'm, I believe that that's part of the reason he left. 
Right now, the Packers need to know if they need to trade him or if he's just going to retire, then they need to move on. Are they going to draft the quarterback? What are they going to do? There's all kinds of things that go into it that affect everybody else on that team and all kinds of dominoes. And I hope while he was sitting there in the dark, he was thinking not just about his beard and how fast it might be growing and, gee, how long it might be once he gets out if he hasn't looked in the mirror yet for four days. I hope he's also thinking about the teammates that are counting on him to make a decision, yes or no, so we can move on. Because everybody in that organization has figuratively been sitting in the dark waiting for him to come out of his case. Wait, and you speak uh, again uh, of yourself there with the beard. I mean, letting the beard grow. What's the latest? Yeah. Does Trevor Maddich still have the beard that we last saw you with at the end of college football season? Yeah, I do. I actually let it grow kind of long. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't cut it since the end of the broadcast season. And then my, I asked my wife, I said, look, you're the owner-operator of this thing. Do you want to... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm going to shave it off or keep it. She says, no, just go back and trim it shorter like you had it before. So She owns oh, hey, that beard. Yeah. She owns that well, contract and that beard. It covers half my face. So I think that's uh, addition <laughs> by subtraction when it comes to that. And then so, I don't know, if I were in that place, though, I, I, I wouldn't want to look in the mirror at myself. Although it's weird, though, because there's a, there's a bathroom. Hmm. you got to turn on the light to go to the bathroom. Otherwise, you're sort of fumbling around. And right. Just imagine what that's like. No. you got to use your hands to kind of find where it is and get yourself centered and then figure out a that whole process without being able to see would be a little bit awkward. And plus, I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Right. What, what was the experience like? What did he do? Because you could stay in the dark the whole time if you want. Or you could sit under a mirror ball and watch Saturday Night Fever on your phone with the lights on in there. Right. You can get out That's and take a saying. walk at high noon. Yeah, the light switch want. could be on. We don't know. I mean, we don't know right. that he adhered to all this darkness. And it sounded like, you know, he only stayed less than three days anyway. It didn't, you know, because first it was like, you're going to be like at least four days. But you know, it sounds like he got out of there, you know, yesterday. But yeah, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's just a, an extended getaway. And did he have company? You know, was it date night? Oh, that's was he point. by himself? Yeah. This is I want to know. So I, I hope to, to goodness that uh, the people from the Sky Cave retreats get back with me because I, I want to interview these people. Well, yeah, that'd be nice to know. I'd like to see. I'd like to know what Aaron says. And it's not like if he didn't stay in the dark the whole time. Time he wasted his time. It's nothing like that. But I'm curious to see what what it was like. How long was it dark? How did he cope with it? Because you got to you got to think about. I mean, if he stayed in the dark for for three or four full twenty four hour periods, I think the Geneva Convention classifies that as torture. <laughs> so you know, so so how do you come out of that from a mental state? I mean, what what you know, what kind of of introspection and what kind of new personal revelation comes to you in a situation like that. Assuming that you didn't sit under the mirror ball and watch Saturday Night Fever on your phone. You know, so so what did he do? I really want to know what he did. I'm really curious about this because think of this, TC. Have you ever forgotten your phone and driven away? No. Right? You you, you drive away, you realize you forgot your phone, you, you're in the middle of civilization. All these different things you can do, all the things that were normal to do prior to the iPhone coming out not that long ago, but you forget your phone, most people would panic. I need my phone with me right now. Right, right. For all the access. And even if you don't have, if you're not looking at it, to have it with you that you can look at it at any moment is like an addiction. And if he went into that place and left his phone outside and it was all dark, and he didn't have it. You, you can't, you know, turn on Netflix and, and you don't do all the things that you can do that are instant stimulation. You know, I mean, you see these 
three-year-olds that have iPads. And, you know, the parents are, are eating at a restaurant, and the three-year-olds playing on the iPad, just all this. Spin. You had none of that. What was that like? Because the truth of it is, I don't think, TC, that I would have the courage to actually do that for four days. I agree. I think I, I would. No, I agree. I'd, I'd be tortured. And that's why I question whether, you know, this was partially a hoax or whatever you want to say, or just a, a, a little getaway. Are you really going to adhere uh, to all that? I don't know. That's I'm very, yeah. very curious uh, about that myself. Trevor Madge uh, joins us. Did. Although this place has an 18 month waiting list. There's hundreds of people on the waiting list right now. So it's an actual thing. And what better, I hope they're paying Rogers a whole lot of money for all the attention that they're getting now. Cause that waiting list is probably going to double, but, but I, for the sake of everybody associated with your broadcast organization, TC, and the sake of the city of Las Vegas and sports fans in, in the region, I think that on your next vacation, instead of going to the beach, you need to go to this place, sit in the dark for real for four days, then come back out and report. I challenge you. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, I, I don't know if I could last four hours, Trev. I don't know if I could last four hours. It sounds like it's pretty comfy. I mean, he had a, a, a 300 square foot room. He had a queen size bed. He had a meditation mat. See, I, this is what I want to know because I imagine it's pretty expensive. This is what I've heard. I've read some of the reviews and some people are like, oh, what a money grab this is. What a sham, this and that. And if you look at the, the, the proprietors of this place, it, they look like straight out of, uh, I don't know, Duck Dynasty or somewhere like that. It looked like they haven't bathed in, in a month. I have no idea, but you would think, I want to know, is it, are they really roughing it in this little cabin or is it kind of luxury in there? That's what I want to know. I mean, it looks like. I think the torture would be mental. I don't think yeah. you have to sleep on broken glass. In order to get the the effect of it, I I think the whole thing is you don't have that stimulation, and where does that take you? There's a show I can't remember what channel it's on, but it's called Alone, and it's a survival show where people are dropped off in the Alaskan and Yukon and Northern Canada wilderness, where an individual is dropped off. They're survival experts, and it's not like you know naked and afraid where there's other people around and you got a camera crew and stuff like that. No, you're dropped off alone. They they have batteries. They they film their own stuff and they are in actual honest to goodness, dangerous solitude. They have a radio they can call to be exfilled if they need to. And a lot of times what they talk about when you read the after action reports is that everything goes primal on them. There's no stimulation besides the environment, but if they're not in tune with the environment, they might die. Right. And their sense of smell becomes hyper. Their sense of hearing becomes hyper. Right. And, and just, to, to hear those experiences, what would that be like? If any of us could pay the price to find out what that's like, but I don't think any of us really want to. But this reminds me of that show, except you don't have light either. You're just in the dark. Being comfortable physically, uh, yeah, I, I, that's neither here nor there, man. It's, it's, it's staring in the dark and you're alone with yourself. And who is more terrifying to any of us than our authentic selves that we have to actually confront? That's yeah. terrifying. Uh, yeah. Uh, I might be terrified to go outside, you know, with the bears and this wilderness or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm li- looking at a picture of the room and it, it looks like a nice hotel room. It looks like there's even a jacuzzi in there, Trevor. So I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, I don't know about this, but let me ask you this. Yeah, well, when you, when you decided to retire, you were contemplating retirement. What was your process? Anything like this? My process? No. Well, sort of. My process was very spiritual, actually. 
because okay. I played 12 years in the NFL. And this my, is a very spiritual community, are, too, up there where this is at. We'll say that. The very spiritual community. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know from firsthand experience, but my understanding is that peyote is, is available and plentiful up there. And so I, I can imagine that also helps. Uh, I, although <laughs> I think, I think Rogers went to Peru for a similar experience to that. Okay. But as far as, uh, but, but for me, you know, I played 12 years. I, my contract was up with Washington. Um, you know, I had had a couple of surgeries to kind of get myself fixed with injuries that I played with that last season that were very painful, but I, I was fine. I was fixed. And I got an offer from Fox to step out of the NFL and, and broadcast for them. And, and I'm like, Oh man. Right? How do you how do you say no to that when the door's open? But then again, Washington came back and offered me a one year, essentially guaranteed contract to play another year with them. And how do you turn that down? Right. So here I am with the best of all possible career dilemmas. Right. And uh, and I prayed a lot about it and uh, and meditated a lot on it and um, and and was conflicted the night before Fox was going to announce that I was joining their broadcasting and. Uh, and so I started writing an email, um, and it was like 15 email pages long. It was a really long email. And it ended up flowing out of me all the reasons why it was right to leave the NFL and go into TV, that it was time for me to leave the NFL. And the last sentence I wrote to my friend was, you know what? I prayed that I would have confirmation that this is the right decision. And I just wrote this. Is that an answer? Question mark. <laughs> right. And yeah. so. You know, so I left the NFL and, and I never really thought about what if after that, you know, I, I feel like I was led to move on to the next stage and who knows, maybe that 13th year would have been the one that I would have had a catastrophic injury. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll ask God down the road, hopefully way down the road. Hey, how come you, you led me to leave, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure he'll tell me at that point, but, uh, but that was my process to, to leave it. It was. It was a very spiritual thing, but it did not involve any darkness. Right. And then uh, that retirement led to f- 15 Emmy Award uh, and counting uh, with our good friend Trevor Maddich. There you go, my friend. All right. Let's transition into this. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of the XFL, but it was opening weekend last week. And in case you missed anything, Trevor, here's what you missed. Coaches, players mic'd up three point. PATs, goofy kickoffs, goofy rules. What do you make of this? Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it, including a lot of the goofy rules and including the goofy kickoff, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you can have a one-point conversion, you run a play in the two-yard line. Two-point conversion, you run it on the five. Three-point conversion, you run it on the ten. And look at what happened between the Battle Hawks and the Brahmas, right? <laughs> With less than two minutes to go, Battle Hawks are down 15 to three. They take it down to score a touchdown and get a three point conversion. So now they're down 15 to 12. If they can get the ball back on the ensuing kickoff, quote unquote, they need a touchdown to win it, but a field goal to go to overtime. So all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of what the defense has to do, makes it more exciting, but it's not an onside kick that they do. They have the option to go fourth and 15 on their own 25 yard line. And so they did it. They got it. They drove it down, scored the winning touchdown. And it was just phenomenal. Whereas the NFL or college, you know, it would have been, it would have been a different game because, you know, you, you have to get two touchdowns instead of possibly a touchdown and a field goal. That's exciting. I think miking up the, the players and the coaches and the coordinators is fantastic 
for football fans. I mean, because it takes you inside. It gives you access that you can't get really any other way. And NFL coaches, I just can't imagine them allowing themselves, especially the coordinators, to be mic'd up because everybody's hearing what the calls are. Then you see on tape what the play is, you know, and they would be totally paranoid about that. But for fans, it's great. You know, and then they put the, I believe, the total and the line uh, on on the bugs, so you can see what's going on and how things relate to that. If that sort of thing interests you, I think there's all kinds of reasons why this is this is interesting. It's fun. It's different and dynamic, especially at the end of games, and it is uh, it, it's fresh. I think the NFL really should adopt some of these new rules. Truthfully, oh boy, look at it. Trevor Madge is a proponent of of all this stuff. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I just well, his jobs too. Right? We, we like our football. I, I want people to have jobs. I understand that. I understand that. We like our football the way we like our football. I just think <laughs> again the spring stuff, everything else, and as far as being mic'd up. I mean, the fans don't know what the heck they, these guys are saying. They don't understand, you know, X, Y, Turtle, Daffy Duck. They don't know what any of that stuff means. So, I mean. They, well, Daffy Duck's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Daffy Duck's a problem. Because this is broadcast by ESPN, who's owned by Disney. Right. It should be Donald Duck. There you Someone go. Someone needs to call down there and get that thing squared away. There it is, my friend. All right. Uh, Thursday night football. It's back. Oh, it's the XFL. That's right. Tonight. Now they're giving it to us on Thursday, on Saturday and Sunday. I don't know. Trevor, we're going to no, leave you. See, yeah, just real quick, DC, though. Yeah. The action on Tuesday and Wednesday nights it, in, in November, right? Yeah. You got Kent State playing against Bowling Green, <laughs> and it draws a big number. People love their football. They do, man. Well, we're going to take you out of the darkness and into the white room. That's how we're leaving you, Trevor Match. What do you think of that? You like a little cream? Oh, man, you talk about peyote. <laughs> there, there's there's some serious peyote action going on with everything Cream did. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate you. We'll let you uh, get back to the white room. Just, uh, I don't know if you can still fold your legs Indian style when you, you know, get on that uh, yoga mat, but uh, good luck to you, my man. No, I have a yoga easy chair. That works for me. <laughs> there you go, brother. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, DC. Uh, my man, Trevor Banich. Oh, yeah. ESPN's very own. Enjoying a little XFL. No meditation for him. Uh Uh-uh. All right, we come back. We'll talk a little baseball, a little Dodger baseball, college basketball. whole lot more coming your way. At the station.